Welcome to the Crazy Love Podcast. If you had the opportunity to ask Francis and Lisa Chan a question about relationships, what would it be? In this week's episode, we begin a two-part message with Francis and Lisa as they answer a few unscripted questions from some of the young leaders from YWAM Kona. The Chans share their heart on dating and marriage and how to keep Jesus at the center of it all. We appreciate you joining us this week. We pray that you find this episode especially encouraging and that it brings you closer in your walk with the Lord. So without further ado, let's jump right in. All right. Um, Maybe we each share a thought. Okay, just think of a thought, what you'd want to say. There's one thing you can think of to share. And... uh, and then we'll just open it up for question and answer. Um, I just thought that thought, so I haven't thought about Do you have a thought? Why don't you share? Very quick thought. Yeah, yeah, come, come, come with me. Come with me. Okay. You better think of something good, because this isn't very long. All right. <laughs> um, As soon as he said, you know, what would you want to say to them? And the word humility came into my mind and my heart, just wanting to remind you that um, life is very humbling and, and the Lord wants to work humility in all of us. It isn't, you know, ministry and family and marriage, um, yeah, there's just so much humility in it all. You know, dying to yourself, um, having God wreck you and give you amazing victories, and then times when you feel so defeated. Um, but he is so, so good. And, yeah, I, in the beginning, being so humbled sometimes would really just break my heart but eventually, you know, with everything, I'm just thinking of like a miscarriage or um, finding out your daughter is in sin or, you know, whatever it is that humbles you or ministry, you're getting attacked at church or people are saying things about you and you're like, what? I thought everyone liked us. Um, (laughs) It's like, wow, it's so humbling. And there's just so much that God does in that humbling Um, so if you can learn to embrace it early, I just learned to be like, so grateful for it. I would be like, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Yet again, you humble me. And when you humble me, it's always so good. Yeah, that is probably one of the first things you'll learn. And, uh, okay. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, we hear this from married couples all the time. Like they did not know how self-centered they were until they got married. They really didn't realize they were selfish because, but it's almost like you can't know that in some ways, unless it's just a supernatural revelation because all your life you've just been thinking about you, you know, in a lot of ways, unless you have younger siblings, you know, your parents make you responsible for, which we always do. Um, We always make another one for each kid. To, uh, to humble them, give them some responsibility, but uh, um, which you're about to do uh, for another one. Uh, 
Now we have we have kids like every few years. We have. It's, it's been a while. Um, but uh, it's it's almost like you can't know. It's this is something I do want to say. Uh, we've been so encouraged by you guys and your fire and your desire to just go change the world. And that passion has been really good for our church as a whole. And I love that. Um, and I guess my hope is I don't want that to die in you guys. Um, and somehow relationships can either strengthen that and allow you to accomplish more or we've just seen way too many times when it has stifled people, um, where some girl is totally on fire for the Lord, um, but because God put this desire in you to not be alone, that sometimes you meet a guy who doesn't have that same fire for the Lord, and you start to just rationalize in your mind, like, well, you know, he might change, and you know, he's, he's, he's open to Christianity and, or he says he's a Christian and, 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 you know, and you, you know, he's not going to be this awesome leader for you, but you want that relationship so bad that you jump into the relationship and now suddenly all your effectiveness in Christ, you know, that, that whole unequally yoked, you're wanting to go this direction. He wants to go that direction and you just strangle each other. And I, I would just say one of the early moments of wisdom that God gave me was, uh, you know, probably when I was 17, 18, and I just told the Lord, I go, God, please do not let me marry the wrong person. Please, God, do not let me marry someone that will slow me down in what you've called me to do here on the earth. Because I've seen this happen to too many of my friends. They, they you know, and, and, I, and I told God, I go, sometimes my heart gets away from me, like my emotions, and I get into this, ah, oh, she's the one, or she's the one, or it's just feelings, and I go, sometimes I don't, like, I lose my mind in relationships sometimes, and I just beg God, I go, please, if I don't have the wisdom to end it, then, you know, end it for me somehow, or just have something happen, just give me the wisdom or the strength or whatever, because I don't want to waste my life, and a dear friend of ours, Robin, even told me one time, she goes, hey, if you're talking to young ladies, um, whenever you get the chance, just warn them not to do what I did. And she married a guy who was not walking with the Lord, but kept believing that it was going to happen. It was going to happen. And inside she knew, but she went ahead anyways. And now they've been married, what, 40 years probably? And she's... She's still warning me, please tell the girls, this isn't what you want. Um, like, she goes, yeah, it might end well, but it might not. And it hasn't, and it's been heartache, and it's been tough, but I made a commitment, a vow before the Lord, and I'm going to break that. But please warn the young women for me, they don't want this. And it's like, wow, that's it's pretty heavy. She was the head of our women's ministries at our church for a while, too. Um, but just kind of going through that, there's just, be careful, you guys. Um, I see the fire in you, and nothing will shut it down faster than a relationship that's not right. And uh, the guilt and everything else, 
please, you guys, versus, you know, some of you guys have heard we, you know, us talk about, I mean, we've been married almost 28 years now, but at the 25-year anniversary for Lisa to look across a dinner table and go, do you know anyone happier than us? Like, have you ever met anyone more blessed than we are? And I go, I don't think so. And she goes, yeah, I haven't either. I keep thinking I'll meet someone, you know, that's that's like that, but I haven't found it. And and it's it's just the grace of God on our lives, on all of our kids and now grandkids and in-laws. And it's it's just this is outrageous. And I think, could I ever accomplish what my whole family accomplishes for the kingdom? There's no way um, that I, as one person, could have accomplished this much. And now we have kids that are heading in this direction, and, you know, they're right in there with you guys, ready to change the world. And I just feel so blessed, and I want that for you guys. But I remember being single, and I remember the loneliness, and the member, remember, like, is it ever going to happen for me, and going to all my friends' weddings, and, like, yeah, great. I'm real happy for you. You know, I mean, honestly, I just really wasn't that happy for them. I'm just, that's how selfish I was. That's just what we do when we're single. Um, and, but, uh, so that was my one thought, um, is so much is the decision you make right now. So with that, yeah, let's, let's go for some questions. Um, we've had a bunch of questions sent in by the track, so... Um, maybe I can go through a few of them, and then if people have more questions, just come and grab a seat in one of these empty chairs and then use this microphone to ask them. Um, but the first question I want to ask you guys is what was your story of pursuit, and what did that look like of how you pursued one another in the beginning? And then how much prayer should go into pursuing someone you're interested in? Hmm. That's good. Okay. I'll stand. Um... So, let's see, I grew up in a very musical church, so I was a singer, and, um, oh my gosh, no. (laughs) So, back then, you would be a guest soloist at churches. You would sometimes get your name in the bulletin. It was pretty exciting. Um, (laughs) But this guy that I... Uh, was doing musicals with at my church, became the worship pastor at this church in Simi Valley where Francis was at. There was three guys on staff, senior pastor, worship pastor, and Francis was called teaching pastor or something, associate. I don't know. Anyways, so this worship guy was like, I'm like, you know, 30 minutes away. Hey, come sing at my church. Okay. And then he was like, let's, I'm going to try to do one of these big musicals that we grew up doing at, at, you know, the church I grew up in. So come over and be uh, the, like the lead in our Christmas musical. And so I was driving out there all the time. I was 20, just going to, I was working, going to community college. And I met Francis. And then and Dan was just like, you have to marry this guy. This is the one for you. He was just super intense about <laughs> the fact that we had to be together. Um, and I just, it was such a different context. I was like... All I thought was in my own church world, and so um, I was very nervous, and I knew he was going to ask me out because Dan was talking to him about me and me about him, 
So I knew that this Chinese guy was going to ask me out. <laughs> I didn't know he was talking to her. He was talking to me, but I didn't know he was talking to her. So I just, when she came, so we'd heard rumors about her because she was, uh, she was the former Miss Teen California. Yes. And, uh, and she's like this recording artist. Like she was almost like the singing voice for Aladdin back then with the Robin Williams version. And, and so everyone's like, whoa, you know, rich girl from Malibu, you know. And, uh, and then she comes and sings at the church. And, you know, I hear the voice first and I am blown away. I mean, seriously, at that time, like, I'd never heard a voice that good, that pure. I didn't even see her yet. I just heard the voice, like, whoa. And, uh, and then I saw her, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. And, uh, and I was with a group of guys, like, in the balcony of the church, and I just total sarcastic, jokingly looked at them and go, she'll be mine. And they're like, yeah, 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 you know, and... Uh, but uh, because it was just one of those things where you just go, she's clearly out of your league. But it's one of those where I'm one of those guys where I was always so afraid. I would always find out from a friend of the girl. He find out if I ask her out, would she go out with me? Um, because I just the thought of rejection is horrifying. And at least at that age now, I don't care. Um, but. Uh, I. I. Uh, I didn't know anything about her, but I just thought, I'm going to go for it. I'm just going to try. Like, I was losing my hair. Um, <laughs> I go, man, the clock's ticking. I ought to just try something, you know? Like, I, I mean, it really, for me, was a complete shot in the dark, having no idea my buddy Dan was talking me up to her. And so she was at uh, rehearsal. And it was like a movie where she dropped her script by the water fountain. And I, it really happened. And so I went over there, picked it up, and said, hey, I'm Francis. Yeah, we met the other day, yada, yada. I go, hey, what are you doing after rehearsal today? You, you want to go grab a coffee? And she goes, I can't. It's my niece's birthday party. I'm like, all right. Um, I said, how about maybe Friday night after rehearsal, we'll go, go out, do something. <laughs> <laughs> she goes, I can't. I have a blind date that night. I'm like, oh, okay. I thought, okay, well, at least now I know she doesn't have a boyfriend. Um, and so then I'm so embarrassed. Like, if I was, if I was white, I would be red. You know, like, if I, she couldn't tell. I'm just, like, blushing, right? Like, this is so embarrassing. I've been shot down twice. But then I open my mouth again. I go... Well, I was just thinking sometime <laughs> it would be great to get to know you and go out. And she answers me and says, I'm actually busy for the rest of the year. Is that the worst? Try imagine being in my shoes. I just thought I'm going to go for number three, you know, like, hey, anytime. I'm busy the rest of her, the year, her literal words. And so in my mind, I'm going, this is why I never do this. This is so embarrassing, humiliating. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I just start to walk away like, 
that is the stupidest thing I ever did. I knew I should, you know. And she goes, wait, 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 wait. I'm, I'm free next Thursday. And I'm like, right? That's just stupid. I know. I know. And so I'm like, okay. And I got her number. But the whole, then I start thinking, it's just a pity date. Like, she just feels bad. Did she see me crying? You know, did she, maybe, maybe my redness does show. You know, like, it was just. So then I thought, okay, I'll call her. But if it sounds at all like she's just not into this at all, then I'm calling it off because I don't want a pity date, although it's better than nothing. But uh, anyways, so, you know, I wait until like the Tuesday before. I wait like five days. I've got their number. I'm just like, I can't call. I can't call. I can't call. It's just different back then. There's no texting. It's just dialing telephone number, you know, like, you know, or some people had the cool punch the button ones. Like it was that long ago. And I was so scared to call her, and I thought, this could change my life, this one phone call. And so I just wrote a bunch of notes ahead of time because I was scared, you know, we'd run out of stuff to talk about. Like, oh, you know, tell her this story or whatever, you know, because she wouldn't know. But I was just like, you know, just depending on my notes, calling her. We had a great conversation. And we ended up going out Thursday night. After Thursday night, I'm like, yeah, I'd love to do this again. And she goes, I'm actually free tomorrow night. I'm like, so we went out Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Miss, I'm busy for the rest of the year. Suddenly, everything opened up. And all right, I got to tell you, it was December, okay? <laughs> he always leaves that out. But <laughs> it really is dumb. And the truth is, which he didn't know, is I was just so flustered. I knew it was coming, but I was just an idiot because in the moment, you know, it was literally like, yeah, the... The script is everywhere. He's picking it up. And I'm like, he's going to ask me out. And I just froze. And, and the other part he didn't know, which he learned very quickly, was that my family, if you miss any family birthday or function, you are like the black sheep. So I was thinking, oh, my gosh, I can't do that day or that day because it's this niece, then that niece, then this nephew. And then so now he understands those dynamics. But I really did want to go out with him. It's just I said stupid things, and it makes for a great story. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and just so you know, in our dating relationship, I mean, we went out all those times that first week, and then, uh, and then her mom really did not want us together. And uh, so, I mean, when I asked for a hand in marriage, it was like, nope. And it wasn't until, like, you know, then we tried again, you know, a month later, nope. <laughs> like, dang. You know, so her parents were not for this. And uh, and they had rules. I mean, she was 21. And she we were only allowed to go out once a week. And we had to be home by 10 or 11, you know, on if it's a weekday or 12, if it's Friday or Saturday night. But she's only allowed to go once a week. We could go out twice. But the condition was we had to take her parents with us. So it's like, all right, come on, let's all go to dinner. Um, you guys don't even want us together, but you have to go on our dates with us. So it was just like, it was a miserable, like, 
dating slash even after we got engaged she was doing everything she could to end this thing and uh which was really new for me because usually you know a, a mom's or a parent's oh you're marrying a guy that's going into ministry it's pretty safe for a christian family but uh not this time so yeah i think francis scared my parents because he was so not he didn't fit the traditional church box you know in fact because even back then he would say things like i will go anywhere that god calls me i will do anything that god asks me to do like that wasn't uh, you guys are so used to that and that was not the way people spoke i mean maybe there were pockets somewhere but in our worlds um in our christian worlds that just was not the dynamic it was just let's just calm down and do what's comfortable and safe and bring God along into, you know, your plans rather than really surrendering your life and saying, I'll do anything. I'll go anywhere. So, um, because they didn't know him and that was so different, but I think the second part of that question was something about how much prayer should go into it. Right. Something like that. Um, and again, I was thinking, wow, you guys are so beyond where we were at in the way you're thinking spiritually in a lot of ways, um, that, I didn't, no one in our youth group or no, it was just don't have sex. Like it was not, you guys, you know, invite God into this decision, pray, seek the Lord. Um, that was just not the language. And so praise God, because if you do have your own relationship with the Lord, you are praying about it. And thankfully, what stood out to me about Francis was it was different. It was like, wow, he has such a fear of God. And the way he would teach the word, I'd go and listen. And I was just like in awe of, of the way that he was. It was so different than, you know, all the guys I had been around in my high school group and youth camp. And she was around a lot of <laughs> so, uh, so I will say I was attracted to the right things because he did not have a lot of hair, you guys. No. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to, what did you just say? About prayer? Oh, yeah, yeah, prayer, 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 prayer. Yeah, Lisa makes a great point. First of all, you guys, just in getting to know the ones that we've gotten to know, the way you're thinking about the Lord and life at your age is beyond where we were. Um, and it is so abnormal. It is so weird. Because a lot of things we ended up doing as a married couple was, like, foolish to everyone. Like, they, they, they just... There was no example for us ahead of time, but I'm listening to you guys and you have some of these examples and you're already thinking some of these thoughts. I mean, just so you know how immature, I'm just gonna do full disclosure here. When I was on that balcony and I saw her singing and was so, this is how shallow I was in, oh, no, I don't even wanna say it. All right, never mind. <laughs> okay, you, no. It, it might be. Okay. Well, okay. I just, my prayer at that moment was like, God, if you give me her, I will never lust again. <laughs> that was my prayer. That's really shallow. Yeah, I know. That's why I didn't want to say it. But then I started to say it. But I want to give an example. We're talking about being humble over the years. Like for me, I just thought, gosh, she's beautiful. She's gifted. I didn't know a lot about her relationship with God, honestly, um, other than my friend telling me things about her. 
Um, obviously, over time, as I got to know her, and the prayers did get deeper. Um, but just in my mind, there was still a lot of immaturity. I did really stupid things when I was dating and uh, just was, you know, I, I don't want to blame it on not having parents, um, but I'm sure that added to it. I just didn't understand life. I didn't understand stuff and was still trying to understand what it meant to walk with the Lord. Um, but by the grace of God, that, like I said, there were certain wise prayers he had me pray. Like once I knew I was called into ministry, God, don't let this end. You know, like don't, don't, I mean, don't let me get in a relationship that's going to pull me away from that. But on the flip side, I was just stupid, wouldn't you say, in my dating <laughs> decisions in life. Um, not with you, but as you learn more about my past, I was pretty stupid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So now that's off the table. Um, Lisa's going to confess some of her sin now. Okay. In the, in the context of like callings, um, should you date someone if you know you're called to different sphere or like a nation or like different things in life? That's a good question. Lisa, I think this one's good for you. This is, I mean, to me, this comes down to a question of of what you understand about biblical submission as a woman. Um, I can only speak to that because that's what I am. <laughs> um, and I've had these conversations with quite a few young women. Um, there's absolutely nothing wrong with feeling like God has called me to this, you know, to this nation, to these people, to this place. Um, but the truth is there has to be, there has to be a decision in your mind. Like if God has said it so in your heart that it is an immovable, um, desire or calling, then in many ways, yeah, you, you really can't then commit in marriage to someone who may or may not agree with that. Because once you are married, then you are held to God's standard. And that standard is, wives, submit to your husbands in just a few things. No, that's not what it says. It says, wives, submit to your husbands in everything. In everything. They are the leaders of the home, and, and there are going to be times in your marriage when you will have to come under that authority and follow decisions that you may not totally get or embrace or think, yes, I love this. It's not all like that. Um, I was just telling... Uh, a couple of the couples the other night about my, well, I have a few submission stories, but I was saying one of the like most 
um, poignant was like thinking back to when our oldest was ready to start school and it was like, are we going to homeschool? Are we going to go to Christian school? Are we going to go to public school? And we were completely on opposite pages. He was like all about public school and I was all about, no, they need to be protected and go to Christian school. So that's another story for another time. But basically we were at a, okay, what do we do? I think this, he thinks this. And I needed to come under his authority because that's the safest place to be. You trust in God. It's like God, husband, you. When your husband goes outside of God's authority and he's like, I'm in sin. Okay, you know what? We, we stay under God. But when it's not a sin issue and it's a just life issue, a calling issue, a, hey, I, f- I really believe that God is saying we are moving to Hong Kong right now. That was actually both of us, but I'm just saying, um, yeah, if I step out and say, no, that's, you know, I don't want to go that direction, then I'm in sin because I'm stepping outside of God's design, which is, you know, God's authority, husband's authority, and I'm under that. And so, yeah, so you really have to understand that that's what you're committing to in marriage. And it really makes you make a much more wise decision. Like, you really are placing your life in their hands. Like, wow, okay, God. Um, I have to trust that you're at work in him. I have to see that he's making decisions based on a conviction of the word and prayer. And you want to see those qualities in this man because you are going to come under his leadership. Um, There are many, many times when you will be on the same page. And it will be awesome to just look at each other and be like, yes, we're praying through it together and we're fully committed to this one thing. Yes, that happens a lot, but there are times when it's not like that. And then you have to ask yourself, am I going to obey and, and really trust in the blessing of God that comes as I come under my husband's leadership? And so um, we had a young girl in our ministry who was just 100% sure she was supposed to go overseas and then in comes this guy who keeps asking her out, and she keeps saying no, and we're walking around the park, and we're talking. And I'm like, Carissa, you are free to do whatever the Lord puts on your heart. Neither, neither one is wrong. You can get married, but you may have to give that up. That's not a guarantee that, like, I get to have this because God told me. That's not a guarantee once you get married. Because once you get married, then, you know, John has a say, and he has leadership and authority in your life and he may not feel the same way and so you have to totally surrender that and be okay with it and if you're not it's okay to say no and just say I'm not going to marry you and I'm not or I'm I'm not going to ever be married or I'm going to wait you know there's no condemnation in that but but you do need to understand that once you decide to get married you are coming under your husband's authority and so yeah there's no getting around that I've searched and searched the scriptures, <laughs> and yeah, there's just... Yeah, and I, I think back, you know, like I said, she was a singer when we met, and uh, I had no intention of starting a church. It was like two weeks after we got married, I go, I think I'm supposed to start a church. Um, and so that means, you know, do you mind if you just keep working? Because I don't want to take any money from the church. I want to just serve and and if you know the church doesn't grow then i'll just wait tables or whatever um but i feel like it's something god wants me to do and 
and she was totally cool working and uh and then i remember there was a time you know church started to grow and and some record producers came to her and offered her a contract and this is something she dreamed of since she was a kid you know so i'm encouraging her to do it like come on this is big i mean back then all we had is this lady named amy grant just go you know and uh and as she prayed about it, she goes i just feel like if i do this i'll be pursuing one thing and you'll be pursuing another thing and uh i i really want us to be doing this together and and i feel like it would take me down a different road than you and i never wanted that and so it was uh that was always a little tough for me you know because i feel like gosh here I am as a husband wanting her to have these dreams, and yet she's saying, no, I don't want that because I think it's going to go another direction. And, and so, I don't know, now you're a famous speaker instead of a singer. Um, all right. Does that, does that answer the question? Yeah. I will say 90% of the time I would say, like if there's a calling, we're both like, yeah, 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 yeah. So, it, and it gets, it's more like that. And also know for her to say some of these things, it's not like, when we, we used to do these like uh, personality tests before you get married. I don't know, I think some people still do it. I think they're weird now, but it, it kind of shows you your temperament. And both of us tested off the charts for domineering. So our counselor was like, this is gonna be a problem, you know? And so don't think, oh, it's easy for her to be submissive. She's just a quiet, you know, like has no thoughts to herself. She has thoughts and so and opinions. And and so it really is in her. It was a conviction like coming under the word of God and going, gosh, the way she reads scripture is that if there is a dispute, it's like, gosh, you 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 need to lead the family. And that was also something, sorry to drag this on because I know you have another question, but last thing is when we were dating, there were, there were times when she was fighting back on some things pretty strongly. And there was a point where I did say to her, because I started to question like, God, what if you're calling me to do something and then she's fighting like this against me? I don't think I can handle that. And I told her, and it was very hard, I just said, look, I'm noticing something like you're a very strong person. You're beautiful, you're gifted, and I know a bunch of guys that would follow you. Like you could be the leader of the home and they'd be fine with it. But I know my calling. God has called me to lead the home and I don't know if this will work out. It might be better for you to get one of those, those types of guys that will just do what you want because they will do it. Um, but I have a very strong calling from God and I can't let things get in the way. And it was at that time that she said, no, I, I know I do that, but that's not what I want. I do want that quiet and gentle spirit that the Bible talks about. And I do want to come under the leadership of my husband. And so just be patient with me because I do want to be led by you. So that was a big moment in our dating life that we had to just get things squared away.
Yeah, I had a question. It's so interesting to me that you're going into some of this because I this is one of the questions I was thinking of when I was driving here, that you already kind of hit on some things, but I am curious, some of the things that you're talking about that you're finding in the Bible and that you're processing together about biblical submission and what does that look like in an age where women are so encouraged, like the feminist movement, women are so encouraged to be really independent, like I'm a strong independent woman, like what is this, how do you meet that in our culture with like what, you're, what, what the Bible actually says about submitting to your husbands, like how do you meet that as a woman in our culture, even before you're married even, like looking at marriage that way, does that make sense? Um, hmm. Yeah, to be honest, I never really struggled with the idea of submission in theory. <laughs> I, it made sense to me on paper, you know what I mean? Like, I grew up in a home where my mom stayed at home with all of us kids. I was the youngest of five. My dad worked. Neither one of them had graduated college. It was just a very simple home. Um... Christian home. We went to church every Sunday without fail. You did not wear jeans, but it wasn't anything too crazy, but, you know, somewhat conservative. So I watched my mom taking care of all of us, <clears throat> serving my dad, um, him kind of being the breadwinner. So it was just very traditional in a lot of ways. So everything in my heart, like, wanted, I was like, I want to be a stay-at-home mother. Like, I literally thought those thoughts as a young person. And I don't know, there's a lot of young people that don't think that way, and that's okay. Um, <clears throat> so it wasn't really hard for me to grasp, and maybe it would be good once in a while to talk to somebody who's a little bit more fiery in that way. Like, even though I had the domineering and strong personality, I still, underneath it all, was like, no, I... I already know what God's word said. My dad had us reading it when we were so little. He'd give us reward challenges, you know. Whoever reads through this Bible plan gets to go to Catalina, this little island, you know. My sister and I, there was only two of us that did it. My mom didn't even finish it. So he only took me and my sister, and it was awesome. <laughs> I'm so thankful to him for doing stuff like that. Like, you know, I broke up with a boyfriend at 16. I was heartbroken. What do I do? I memorized Psalm 25, 26, like, why did God put that in my heart to do, you know? But the word of God was really precious to me. So when I'd read over and over and I'd see what the scriptures said, I was like, yeah, this is just God's way. So in reality, you know, when it actually push comes to shove, it's really your pride does get in the way. And my very first story, because our first year of marriage really honestly was awesome. Like we were just so happy to be... <laughs> away from that, like, you can only go out twice a week kind of a thing, that we were just so happy to be together all the time. And we had started the church. We were doing ministry all the time. We were like kids ministry, worship ministry. He's preaching. I'm teaching Sunday school. I'm singing. We're doing it all. It was so fun. Um, but come Christmas time, which is right before our one-year anniversary, me and my friend buy these little animated Santa Clauses, and I bring it home and put it on our little fireplace, and I'm so excited. And he walks in and immediately is like, I don't really like that. And I'm like, why? And <laughs> he's like, you know, I just, he's trying to be nice. I just really don't want that to be like, when people walk in, that's what they see is Santa Claus, you know? So... I feel guilty on so many levels now, like I'm the worst pagan secular wife that there is, you know, 
just go all the way to dramatic because that's what we do as women. So you're just saying that I hate God, you know. <laughs> that's kind of how I felt. And then I was just thinking thoughts like, I'm the one who's working and it's my money. I'm thinking all these just totally awful thoughts, right? Like, do you want me to take it back? Thinking he's going to say no. And he says, yes. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, I am so embarrassed. My friend is going to come over and I'm going to have to be like, oh, I had to take it back because my husband told me to, you know? It was just like so... <laughs> I'm, I'm just telling you what was going on in my childish mind so you have my own sin now is out there. And of course, he really was very kind about it. And he's just like, honey, I'm just trying to tell you. Like, I just, you know, I just want our home to be this place, you know. Anyway, so I took it back. But man, did I have to swallow my pride. It was literally, like, it sounds hilarious to me now. But I was so mad, sad, embarrassed about it. And took it back. And I'm, I've lived to tell the story. It's fine. And it got but like then it was so big in my head. So I don't know if that even answered your question, but basically we have to do this all the time as believers. You know what? We are different than the world. It's one of the hugest ways that we get to stand out. Our marriages are like the only institution that God has said, Christ in the church, Christ in the church. You can display it. It's like, why would you do that? <gasps> Because I just want to, I want to literally act like Christ to, I mean, I want to act like the church to Christ. Like, I'll follow you. I'll lay down my life. I'll do whatever. I don't have to have. And then, you know, the husbands have to be a Christ-like leader. Thinking through, I don't want this to hurt my wife. I don't want this to take away her giftings or whatever. But like, wow, you're just really trying to, you are still honoring one another and, and really yeah, really trying to honor one another. But the truth is, one is the leader and one is the follower. Um, and so. Yeah, I, I think, too, you know, like a man's responsibility, you go, okay. Because everyone always harps on, like, oh, it's so hard to submit. Oh, it's so hard to submit. I'm like, well, I have to be Christ to the church. That's not easy either, being Jesus and laying down your life. And, uh and, and, and when I read Ephesians 5, the whole thing is that what Christ did for us was he made us holy and blameless. And so I feel like one of my jobs as a husband is to present her before the Lord holy and blameless. Like I'm a part of that sanctification. And so early on with the Santa thing, I was like, I just, Christmas is already too commercial and too Santa-y and... Can we just be about Jesus in our home and just, you know, like the first thing? I mean, you can have little Santa. But <laughs> Anyways, yeah, enough about Santa. Okay. One of these next questions. What are some signs that you are ready to date? And what would be some red flags to look for in yourself or in other people that like, oh, you're not the one for me or I'm not ready to date you or you're not ready to date me? Red flags slash how do you know if you're ready to date? Wow. I will answer this not from my perspective because I wasn't ready for anything. I was just, I was a mess. Um, I really was a mess in my early 20s. Like I, I just so clueless on so many things. 
but really watching my daughters, uh, my two married daughters, and now my third one is thir 13. Now she's 17. Um, no, because I was saying third daughter and 17, so I, that makes 13. I know. Uh, she's my fourth daughter, too. So she's <laughs> 17. Okay. Um, just watching their lives. Um, there's so many variables. Like, you guys are given so much freedom. Things are just so different now with texting and... Uh, you know, everything that's online and relationships, it's, it's so weird. Um, gosh, so signs that they're not ready. Someone once told me uh, the person who's most ready for marriage is the one who needs it the least. I don't know if that's true. That's just a, what someone told me. And uh, um, <laughs> that's all I got. <laughs> Some of the stuff is so hard to think so far back. But I know, like, for Mercy, like, my, my third daughter, Mercy, you guys know Mercy. She led worship a few times here. You know, she, uh, you know, Peter was her first boyfriend. Um, she had little crushes, and, you know, guys would ask her out and stuff like that. But she was just super focused and ready and just didn't think she would date anyone or she just thought marriage is way down the road and she had things she wanted to do for the Lord and everything else. So it was, she was just strong in Jesus and he was enough for her. I was not that way. I was so insecure, like lost, you know, alone, everything else. But I think some of that could come from like just having this strength in the family and, you know, great relationships uh, with her parents. Gosh, what do you say to that? Like, ready or not? Oh, sorry. I, I mean, yeah, this is not based on experience, because same thing. Although, well, yeah, I'll just say it. Um, I think the evidence that you are ready is that you are, like, you are able to thrive, like, alone with Jesus. If being alone with him, you, you've got that. Like, Christy and I were talking about it the way here, um, that that craving to be alone with God has to be something you feed or else you're not hungry for it. It's like, oh, I don't even, I, but once you, do you guys know that it was at our 15 year anniversary it was the first time I ever spent 24 hours alone with the Lord, 15 years of marriage. And I had never gone to like, like, we go away for our anniversary. He gets called in church emergency. There's this huge thing that happened with a pastor. He's got to go back. He's like, babe, I have to go. I'm like, yes, I know you do. But he goes, you stay. We already have childcare. Just stay. You got the hotel. I'm like, what? I'm not going to stay here by myself. He's like, yeah, you can be with the Lord. I was like, um, that's a long time. I was like, so not into it at all. And then the door shuts, and it's, like, so quiet. And it, like, takes me an hour to just be, like, okay, this isn't that weird. And I'm reading, and I'm meditating, and I'm, like, worshiping, and I'm writing letters of, like, confession to my children and my husband. Like, oh, my gosh, God was just revealing all these things to me. Um, I went to dinner with Jesus. I had my Bible. The waitress was, like, okay. She just, you know, kept leaving me alone because I was the weirdo with the Bible. And anyways, I came back. 
it's like go to sleep talking to Jesus, wake up talking to Jesus. I literally had never done that in my life. And I was radically changed. I was like, everyone has to do this. Like we have to make it a requirement. You cannot come to this church unless you go spend 24 hours alone with the Lord, which we never did, of course. But I was just super dramatic and excited about it because it was so awesome. And then that little craving starts and you remember how sweet that was, that fellowship with God. And you're like, my soul longs for that. And yes, you can go through seasons where it's like, oh yeah, I haven't felt that craving, but when you remember and you feed it, that desire to be alone with God. So anyways, I would just say, if you see that evidence in someone's life, like, wow, they are connected to Christ. They really love Jesus, not just in what they say, but in what they do and in how they spend their time. Um, To me, that's evidence that you are ready. Yeah, that's another case in point of like, I remember when I was like, 30 or so, I, you know, I was leading the church, things were going great, and I thought, gosh, I never go on vacation with just God. I go on vacation with just Lisa, right? Never do that with God. So I just grabbed my Bible and went out in the woods for like four days, you know, just my Bible and some water. I had a cabin I could borrow too. I didn't rough it. Um, but uh, I didn't know how to rough it. I was scared, bears and stuff. But uh, it was like the best four days, not talking to another human being. But you understand, no one did that back then. Like now you're growing up in a culture where they're encouraging you. And I think why I'm encouraging you, get alone, get, get, go away. Go. You guys are even talking about monasteries and stuff. Like none of that talk was going on back then. And it was just the word of God and convictions from the Holy Spirit. Like I just want to be alone with him and go in that direction. I will uh, tell you. Um, like when my daughter, Rachel, my oldest, as she matured and when she was off in college, she brought a guy home one time, many times. But this, this one uh, in particular, uh, and I had some friends over and they asked Rachel, hey, how serious are you about this guy? And her comment to them, they came back and said, your daughter said, we asked, how serious are you about this? What's his name? Jason or something? Um, and her answer to us was weird. I go, what'd she say? She goes, I don't know. I'm just hanging out till I see if God listens to his prayers or answers his prayers. And they go, that's a weird answer. I go, I know exactly what she's saying. I go, all my life, she's watched dad. When dad talks to God, God answers him. And now she's dating this guy, and she was just hanging out long enough to see Okay, I want to see the things he prays for. And does God listen to him? Like, does he know him? Because my dad knows him. And I want to marry a guy that knows him, like my dad knows him. And, and what's one of the top five blessings in my life and best answers to prayer was, you know, I had this guy, Justin, um, working at our men's home in San Francisco. He was running the discipleship home, guys coming out of prison, out of drugs, whatever. And, and, you know, the more I got to know this guy, I thought, man, he is amazing. And uh, one day I just said to God, I go, God, I don't know if I'm overstepping my bounds, but can you have Rachel meet Justin? And can you have them fall in love? And can you make him my son-in-law? Like, 
I go, I see in the Old Testament, kind of, like, you know, you just kind of had someone ready for Isaac and Jacob. You know, just go to a well and just pick a girl. You know, like, like I, I seriously, that went through my mind. I go, I, I don't want to play your role. You know what's best for her. But as a dad, I would love her to meet this guy and fall in love and for them to get married. And I, I prayed that prayer in um, February and they were married by December. <laughs> so it was just one of those, like, when Justin goes, hey, can I ask your daughter out? I'm like, yes. You know, like, I'll pay for it, whatever. You, I want this. I want this to happen. Like, it was just one of those things. And so I really do look back and go, God, I cannot believe how ridiculously faithful you've been to me to where I even spot out a guy and go, can I have him for my daughter? And, and um, I didn't do that with Peter. <laughs> Sorry, I, I didn't really like uh, Peter as much. Not because of Peter, but I know. I'm just being, hey, this is full honesty. I, you know, even when Mercy asked me, like, what do you think of Peter? I go, honestly, I wish he didn't exist. <laughs> No, let it, let it, let, I go, I go, not because of Peter. I go, but you're 18. I just thought you and I would travel the world together and that, you know, it's going to be like Hannah Montana, you know, like I, I would, you know, speak and you would sing and lead and we would just tour the world together, you know. And so I was like, honestly bummed that she was in a relationship so early and it was heading in a serious direction and but then as I got to know Peter and especially even more after they've been married you know I'm very clear with Peter yeah that's the way it started but it was all because man I just couldn't let go of mercy I already lost my other worship leader um and uh and and just mercy and I were like our minds are so in sync with each other you know she's my assistant she's you know she helps me write my books with me like everything and so it was just a difficult moment but then i i tell her now and made it very clear like she has grown so much after marrying peter in ways because peter's strengths are different from mine and he has caused her to grow in these areas that I'm still weaker in, you know, and I thank God all the time for Peter. Um, I mean, I just, amazing man of God. And we were talking as elders on Monday morning. I'm like, can you believe we're talking about my son-in-laws right now as potential elders for our church? Like that is so crazy to me. I go, aside from the business of, you know, do we go forward with this? I go, I just want to stop and just acknowledge God's blessing. Like, this is insane that I love these guys that much, and they're, they're my son-in-laws. So, um, yeah, I saw I'd share that stuff. Thank you for listening to the Crazy Love Podcast. We will see you next time with a new episode, but until then, for more resources from Crazy Love Ministries or to support the work of Crazy Love, please visit our website at crazylove.org. Thanks.